Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Believe in Lions right here on the Believe Podcasting Network. That's Detroit's number one sports podcasting network where we believe in the Detroit Lions. And by the end of this episode, so will you. I mean, we are right around the corner from the NFL draft. Lots of things going on. Lots to talk about. We won't waste any time. Bring in my great guest. Uh, He's coming back on the show. Logan Lamarandier from Lions Lowdown. This guy's writing for Sports Illustrated. He's all over the draft. Logan, how are you, sir? Doing well. Getting pumped. A week away. Yeah, we don't we don't have any other sports or anything, but I know speaking for you, the draft is one of our uh, favorite things, and I know you're all over it. You've been writing some great articles and kind of diving into these prospects. So we've got a lot to talk about here on the show. We're going to go through scenarios. We're going to talk about trade options. You know, I've got a segment for Logan where he's going to have to determine if some of these prospects are, oh my, my guy, or good, bye, get out of here. And then I've got some questions to end the show. So we're, we're jam-packed. Logan, let's go through some of these scenarios right off the top. Um, if Joe Burrow goes and Chase Young goes and the Lions are sitting there at three, talk to me about the uh, the pick if you have to stick there. You cannot trade um, those two players have gone and you have to select, you know, do you like that option? Do you have somebody you're just running the card up for? Or are you kind of stuck? And then who would be your player if you just cannot move out of three and those two players have gone? Yeah, if you can't get out of three, I think that's a scenario I don't want to be in. Uh, I don't mind. I like Jeff Akuda. I think he's the second best player in this draft behind Chase Young um, when you don't factor in the quarterback value but you know anytime you're picking the top three there's usually you know there's always someone that wants a quarterback a defensive end or offensive tackle that's just the premium positions in the NFL and I know cornerback is moving up the ranks and especially in the Lions defense where cornerback is super important for their their defense because they rely on coverage so I think Akuda makes a lot of sense there at three so so you have no trepidations really about a corner at number three or Jeff Okuda overall as a player. You think the value as well as just, you know, the team need and all that stuff marries up where you could go ahead and turn that in without too many worries. Yeah. I mean, I think he's a top prospect. He's one of the best corners I've seen come out of the draft in a long time. And I know there hasn't been a cornerback selected in the top three in over 20 years, but uh, considering that picks four through six, there's been seven cornerbacks selected the last 20 years. You know, it's not like it's a huge reach. And I think Akuda is that type of transcendent talent where it, it's you can justify taking him at three, even though he's technically not one of those cornerstone positions of a tackle or a quarterback or defensive or type of pass rusher. So I'm 
I'm totally fine taking a coup at three, but again, ideally you'd like to be able to trade down. Right. Right. Okay. Yep. And I, I've come around on, on him. I think he fits a perfect need and, and between him, you know, true font AO, and then maybe if they even add another player that that could be a nice cornerback uh, core for now and in the future. Uh, let, let's look at this scenario, Joe Burrow, and then a quarterback goes, you know, most likely either two or Justin Herbert would be the two most, op, uh, you know, options. That means either Washington's taking one or they're moving out. Um, you're sitting there at three and Chase Young is on the board. Um, you also have uh, no great offers for a trade on this scenario. Do you just uh, rush in Chase Young or do you have any trepidations about him and uh, anybody else you consider if, if a quarterback went instead of Young at two? No, I think Young should be the easy choice there. He's a guy who, again, I that generation talent label is sometimes a little bit too loosely used, but I think uh, Chase Young fits that bill of being generational talent. And there's usually only one or, or maybe two type of players that are generational talents per draft, and that is Chase Young. So I, I would feel very comfortable and wouldn't even consider a trade-down offer yep. unless it was just insane. Uh, but the Lions need pass rush. I think that's their number one need. And if they can get the best pass rusher to come out in the draft for a few years, at least it's, you know, it's a no brainer for me. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, I'm with you there. It, real quick. Is that your, is that your dream scenario uh, that that would happen? And you just plug chase young in at, at rush end and, and figure out your other needs later. Yeah, I, I think that's my dream scenario is to get Chase Young. Uh, even if the Lions were to get like a nice trade down package uh, for a CUDA and still get a CUDA maybe at like five or six, um, you know, I think that's also a close second to dream scenario. But you just don't see players like Chase Young come out of the, the draft too often. So to be able to have the opportunity to get him, I don't think you can pass that up. Yep. Um, I'm with you there. Let's go ahead. Let's look at this scenario. You kind of mentioned it. So now I'm going to entice you. Uh, Joe Burrow goes, someone trades up for a quarterback. Now you're sitting there at three. Chase Young is on the board, but other teams have called with multiple first round picks to move up to number three. Are, are you going to turn down those type of scenarios and take Chase Young? Or would you still like to trade down, maybe stay in the top eight? to 10 maybe uh in oakland maybe you're having to move down and get 12 and 19 um 12 and where, where are the raiders at are they at 19 yeah 12 19 um would, would 12, that 19, type of believe, package yeah. would that type of package make you move out or are you going to stand firm there and take the uh, beast out of ohio state ah uh, that would be tempting because 12 and 19 you're looking at a guy like maybe getting still kinlaw and then 19 you could still get maybe even one of the top corners. Yeah. Um, and if they were, if it's multiple first round picks, are you talking about like maybe in a first pick included next year as well? Yeah. I think, you know, if Chase Young is there, you'd have to probably get two ones and maybe a little something extra to consider it. But, you know, I, I, I think the lions are going to be in the spot where you have to sort of be open to trades that are a little less than, than maximum you know I, I don't want them holding people up for total ransom and then getting stuck so you know i'm mm-hmm. talking about like sitting there as bob quinn saying all right i can easily take chase young which is a great player and a great need or 
like you just said, are these two first-rounders adding two pieces of high value that are also needs, as well as maybe some other asset, whether it be a future third-rounder, maybe it be, uh, you know, I, I don't think you're going to get two ones this year, plus another one for somebody to come up. Yeah. But, I mean, that's that's the ultimate type scenario. So let's just say you're getting, you know, two ones right now, which, again, everyone's in this win-now mantra. And I'm giving you something nice in 2021 as well, whether that be a second, third round pick. Is that enough to get you to say, I love Chase Young, but I actually like that package more. Or are you going to stick there and, and take Chase Young? I still would probably take Chase Young just because of how expensive pass rushers are on the open market. And you're going to have a guy who can probably make an immediate impact and you're having him on a rookie deal for four years in that fifth year option included and you're getting a, a top talent like young who you just don't see come into the draft too often I think the value is still getting chase young and uh you know it, it's you could probably flip a coin but I'm still leaning towards getting chase young mostly just due to the fact that he's going to be on a cheap deal and it's not often you're getting a great pass rusher on a rookie contract yeah, that's that's a tough one for me. I mean, I, I'm a Chase Young guy. I feel like that's almost best case scenarios that he would fall. You know, all this other talk about all these other players would go right out the window. You take him. I think he's an impact player. He to me, the as much as we talk about corner defensive tackle, like I, I'm looking at the Lions depth chart at defensive end and I'm seeing Romeo Quara and Trey Flowers and and <laughs> Austin Bryant is technically a jack, but maybe he could play DN. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah that's I mean, pretty much that's pretty that's about it. Yeah, I think we covered it. I mean, you're you're reaching there at that point, so I mean, it's very thin. I mean, last time I checked, free agency was over quite a while ago. <laughs> they did not address the position. Everyone talks now; they're trying to spin it forward. Of all, you know, the the Detroit Lions, you know, they're all about coverage and rush interior. They don't they don't really consider outside rush. It's like well, isn't that sort of what killed the team last year is couldn't get after the quarterback from the edges or anywhere else for that matter. So, hey, man, I, I love some of the things they've done with, you know, the, the coverage when it comes to safeties and whatnot. But I I think Chase Young would be great and actually solve our biggest need right there. But with all that being said, <laughs> I'm I'm a trade down guy. So, like, if someone's giving me 12 and 19, which to me is the the primo spot in the draft, same with the, the Jags. I mean, are you telling me I can get 9 and 20? Uh, like, I I think I could do more damage with that and a, and a pick next year overall for my team building than maybe just taking one football player. I don't subscribe to the, oh, he didn't show up in big games or some of this other stuff, but... I, I would be kind of intrigued by the by the trade down at that point. So that leads us perfectly to our next section, Logan. We got we got to talk trades. Uh, there's been lots of rumor innuendo kind of across the board of uh, trades and and options and and some of this bogus info that always comes out around the draft. I mean, I'm sure you've heard these as well, but you know, there's been lots to talk about the Miami trade rumors. You know, there you'd maybe be flipping three and five. You know it's looking less likely that you could get a first as well, unless you're getting 26, but you know, would you, would you take 39, you know, to just move down those two spots? You know, I would, I'm just going to run through a couple of these and I'll, I'll kick it to you. There, there was a trade rumor about the chargers, you know, a trading from three to six. And then also Desmond King, the slot corner, the, uh, you know, pro bowl caliber type player on the last year of his deal, possibly coming in. 
And then you got the Raiders, the Jags, who we've already talked about. And then my two outliers. Could the New England Patriots be a trade uh, partner with the Lions, come out of nowhere, move way up, and give us a nice package? And then there's been lots of talks about the Atlanta Falcons. You know they get crazy on draft day. These guys have been known to sit in the weeds and then give up a boatload of picks to go up and, and take a skill player or somebody they fall in love with, Thomas Dimitrov over there. Like, walk me through some of these and just in general – you know, everyone's been talking about the Lions would love to trade. They, they're in a sweet spot to trade. And then as we get closer, I've heard a lot of talk of, ah, the Lions probably won't be able to trade come draft day. Like, where do you sit on all this? Well, it's tough to gauge because you just never really know where the other teams, if there's going to actually truly be a bidding war for that third spot. You know, say if Miami, you know, there's been – some rumors out there, some reports saying that Miami actually likes Herbert better than Tua. Well, if the Chargers somehow get that information and they know that to be true and they the Chargers like Tua better, there's not going to be – what's going to be the reasoning or the justification to trade up? And now you usually have to trade up to make sure you secure your quarterback, but uh, it's just tough to know what – you know, but mostly Miami and the, what the Chargers are thinking about their quarterback situation. If the Chargers are fine with either getting Herbert or Tua, you know, and they don't maybe prefer or like have one, one of those quarterbacks greatly valued over the other, then they might be content just sitting at six and letting whoever falls come to them. And they're not going to push the value for that third spot against Miami. They're not going to be pitting against each other because they're fine with the quarterback. So it, I think it could go either way. You just have to hope that, you know, the Tua medicals given this whole, COVID-19 situation that the medicals checks, you know, these doctors, the team doctors aren't able to actually get their hands on Tua personally. Uh, recently, they just have to go by what the team doctors and what, you know, the independent doctors are saying about him. And doctors have different views on, you know, you, you heard the reports about there's two teams that didn't clear Tua uh, physically or give him a clean bill of health. You know, not every doctor agrees with every doctor. So if a team is really relying on the medicals of a doctor that they're unfamiliar with. They might not feel comfortable trading up and, you know, giving up the farm to move up. So it's just, it all depends on what the chargers, I think in my mind, um, the chargers and the dolphins, I, I don't know if I'd be comfortable trading all the way back down to 23 new England. I don't know if they have enough to graph capital to make me feel like they can make that happen. They'd probably have to include next year's first round pick. And given the situation with Bob Quinn being in a win now mandate, he had to wonder if he's thinking a little bit more myopic and wants to make sure he gets as many picks as he can in this draft just to help him try to secure you know, a longer future with the team. Yeah, I uh, I thought you might lay it out like that. It's all good stuff, all good content, all reasonable. But here I'm here here I'm believing Lions. We gotta pin you down a little bit more than that. We gotta we gotta know in in the mind of Logan, if either you're the GM or you've got to think for Bob Quinn right now. Like, are one you know are they gonna be able to trade out? Would you like them to trade out at number three as we're talking right now? Let's just put it black and white. Yeah, I believe they're going to get a trade offer for three because I mentioned it earlier. Like anytime you want a quarterback or you have to almost always trade up to get a quarterback. Very rarely do you see a team just sit and hold waiting for a quarterback to come to them. You have to go get that quarterback. So I do think the Lions 
will be able to trade out uh, in, in terms of value. I do think the second round pick, at least one more second round pick to move back to, to five or six should be expected. And I think that's should be the minimum of what they get. Do you think they will get that and will make that move? I had to bet on it. I would say yes. I, I do believe they'll get that. Okay. Cause I'm sitting here, you know, this whole process, like I'm just thinking too, as a, as a, not only a football fan, but you know, most of us, if not all of us are in some type of fantasy football league. And yeah, I, I know the NFL is big business and whatnot, but you know, there's something to be said with, you know, you're only moving back two spots. You're only moving back three spots. You're only moving back, you know, uh, eight to 10 spots. Like to me, the common sense says, okay, yeah, back three months ago, you could have thrown out some crazy, this is my demands, but here we are, you know, less than a week before. I know the NFL, I'd love to see a documentary someday of how they sort of put parameters together and then, you know, sit on them. Because I, I know the way it works in fantasy football or in life, you know, like, let's say you're you're bidding on a car. Like, you go to somebody and you tell them, okay, I'm willing to give you this, and they say, okay, I'll think about it. Like, okay, you have parameters there, but there, Joe Smith might come right behind you and offer just a bit more, make them something, and they may just d- do a deal with him. So uh, some of these people that think you can always wait till you're on the clock or that, hey, you know, I'm just going to I'm gonna make these crazy demands and just sit there. I mean, it takes one buyer that makes a better offer than you to swoop in or to do it. And I, I think sometimes stuff could get done quicker and i and when the lions bring it down to the wire i feel like sometimes they get caught holding the bag where it's like okay you waited till there was you were on the clock for the 10 minutes via the virtual draft and now everyone said oh screw it like we'll just stay where we're picking and and i don't want that to happen so that's why i'm a subscriber of hey you're only going down you know less than 10 spots you should have multiple sets of players there that can help you. The Lions already have nine picks. So, you know, you pick up another pick in the top three rounds. That sounds like an obvious bonus to me that is very valuable and very workable. So, you know, I'm with you. I think not only will they get something done, they need to get something done. Like, don't don't make these crazy demands where you're sitting there and everyone's like, ah, never mind. We just, we'll see what quarterback falls or, you know, go ahead and pick because they basically know, like you say, that if Chase Young's off the board, it, it seems like Simmons is off, you know, based on what they did in free agency. It seems like, you know, they wouldn't reach at that point for an offensive tackle or even though they need one. So you kind of be sitting there going, everybody kind of knows what you need and, and who would be the pick at that point. You agree with that? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, it's just, again, it's, it's one of those things where it all depends on the bidders, you know, they have to drive up the price. The lions can demand something, but if they don't have the market for it, then obviously they're not, they're not going to get what they're asking for. It's just, it's going to depend on other teams falling in love with a certain player and two teams have to feel the same way about one player to get that price. Just keep driving it up. Do you, I threw out a bunch of scenarios. You said you think they'll get something done again. I hate to put you totally on the spot if you don't want to say, but I mean, if, if you were hoping today, uh, just hoping either as a, a fan or somebody that covers the team on multiple levels, like, what what deal with what team do you think would be reasonable? Either what I mentioned or something you've heard. Like you, you obviously are going into the draft kind of hoping, man. And when when they're on the clock at three, I hope Roger Goodell from his basement comes up and says we have a trade to announce. The Detroit Lions have traded with, 
And then what compensation do you think is realistic and that you're hoping for? So, yeah, I'm, I'm still, you know, the dolphins have the most to give up, you know, that's, I'm hoping for a trade with the dolphins. I'm hoping that, you know, the reports that the dolphins like Herbert better are just a smoke screen and they're actually all in on Tua and that, you know, they'd be willing to give up, uh, you know, their second first round pick number 26 and the fifth round pick just to move up two spots and the lions are still going to get a CUDA at five. Like that's, um, that's what I'm hoping for. I, I think it's reasonable. I don't think, you know, I, I'll be probably be disappointed if the lions stay at three, but, uh, yeah, that's, I'm hoping for a trade with Miami still. And I know that's been kind of the talk for months now is that they'd be a good trade partner for the lions. Do you think it's realistic that the Miami dolphins are sitting there at five, they, they know, you know, again, I thrown it out on some other shows and podcasts that, you know, because the Lions have both been so, you know, stalwart on their support of Matt Stafford, because they've went out of their way to, to make it a non-issue in a weird way in the back of my head, makes it an issue, <laughs> you know, makes it the ultimate, you know, okey doke right. play where it's just like, because we, we, we tried to flush that months ago that it might really be the thing they do is they just shock everyone. And they say, Oh, we love pick number three. You know why? Because the Detroit lions select to a tongue of Iloa and the Detroit lions have traded, you know, Matt Stafford to X, Y, and Z. And it just blows everyone's minds. Like I'm not, writing that off as a, you know, it's not on my high list or percentages, but I think because the draft is such a crazy game, what's the ultimate thing a GM wants to make everybody think exactly opposite of what they're really doing. And that would be where everyone is at media fans. And otherwise there's nobody talking about the lions taking a quarterback anymore. So if you're the dolphins, so you're sitting there thinking, you know, the, the Lions aren't going to take quarterback. I mean, all they've said is they love Matt Stafford. Chase Young is gone. Uh, you know, the, the Giants just drafted one. Why why do they have to move? So the only reason they would have to move is if they really think the Chargers, the Jaguars, the Raiders, I'm trying to look who else may come up. You know, I mean, again, you, you said the New England, some of these teams, you don't have enough capital or won't come up, but... I mean that those are the scenarios too that haven't been talked about that could could present themselves, you know, so you're not stuck. So do you think the Dolphins really fear that someone could jump up ahead of them? And then like the example I mentioned where like, hey, you think you're sitting pretty there at five, you know, the two teams in front of you don't need a quarterback. I wonder how real that that scare is that somebody could just leapfrog them and get their guy. Because in in my opinion, again, talking GM, throw this back to you. If I'm a GM at five, I'm saying even if someone leapfrogs me, I'm still getting the other guy who I'm sure they value at some level. You know, they don't hate Justin Herbert or um, or, or love. I guarantee that, you know, they're better than what they currently have for the future. So I I think I'd just be fine to sit there, to be right. honest. Yeah, and no, it, they could it could come down to that. And that's again, they just I think Miami should feel like they have enough draft capital where they can give a little, maybe some of it up. Cause anytime you have all these draft picks, you know, they're all going to have a contract that's coming up at the same time. Uh, and I know that's quite a ways down the road, but uh, with the lions, you know, if maybe if this was a new regime that had just came in and they were talking up Matthew Stafford and saying that, you know, he's our guy, I would still, 
you know, think skeptically of it that they could be looking at a different quarterback because they have a fresh start and a new regime would be able to, you know, have some time to build. I just don't think the Lions are in that situation right now. So I do agree that uh, I would be completely surprised if the Lions took a quarterback and that leaves Miami just knowing if uh, the Lions were not to trade back and they stick at three and the Giants are notorious. Gettleman never trades back. Uh, yeah, if I, I could see Miami just being like, you know what, we'll take Tua or Herbert, whichever one falls, one's going to be there. So it's, right. again, I, it just you just don't know what all these teams are thinking. And uh, I, I'm not privy to that information in terms of behind the scenes and, you know, the GMs and what they're talking about and uh, the wheeling and dealing. And from the Lions situation, you hope Bob Quinn is just a good, good salesman and a guy who knows how to pit teams against each other and kind of leaks information from what teams are sent telling him to get the other teams to get a little bit worried and, you know, feel the urge to trade up. So, yeah, I don't know, man, there's, there's a ton <laughs> of different scenarios. Yeah. I, uh, I do want to spend a couple more minutes on some of these talking points Then we'll take our break and then we'll do the, uh, the, my guy, Oh my, or goodbye segment. But so real quick, you kind of said, you know, you don't see the lions taking a quarterback. I mean, you, you, they've, they've supported them. They've been here for a couple of years. You know, Matt Stafford hasn't done anything wrong. He also hasn't taken us to, to an ultimately higher level. Like I, I want your opinion real quick on Tua, because to me, you, you know, the injuries are so talked about. I feel like Mel Kuyper and others now are really pushing that, that narrative of, Oh, you know, the, the, he's failed physicals, you know, He's, he's not healthy. He's been hurt a lot. You know, last time I checked in 2020, like there's not many injuries that end your career. You know, I mean, there's guys, you're going to get hurt in the NFL, but you're going to come back. Even if you rip off your knee within a year nowadays or, or less, you know, six, eight months is usually what a knee injury costs. He already seems to be pretty much recovered from these hip and ankles. I mean, he's out there throwing. I remember there was talk before he wasn't even going to walk or run for three months and he's doing a lot more than that before the draft. So, you know, are, are you really concerned about, about this guy when it comes to injuries? I mean, my biggest worry, to be honest, is that the Lions go with status quo. They, they keep Stafford in the fold. He does what he does. They try to build a team around him, but they can't get over the hump for the next three years. Matt Stafford's deal runs out. Then you're looking at a quarterback. The only reason I say that you should consider it is because what if, what if this guy's a special player as everyone thought he was a year ago, you know, and you just pass him by for a corner and he, he ends up winning a bunch of ball games, leading his team, healthy as an ox, throwing the ball around. I mean, that's the other side of the coin rather than the down and in the dumps injury prone. Like you could be passing up on a, on an absolute top five, top 10 quarterback for the next decade to go get an outside corner. I mean, does that, is that in your brain at all? Or you're just like, Nope, I don't buy into any of that. I just not a fan. This guy doesn't have it because I, the injuries don't worry me. I mean, he, he may blow up and get hurt a few times in the NFL, but to me, it's not going to be because of his college injuries. I mean, he's, his hips not going to go out like Bo Jackson. It's we're way far away from that. I've been heard the injuries, nothing like that. So, I mean, does any of that make any sense or is it something you thought about or you're just, it's totally not even a, a talking point to be honest for you when it comes to the draft process. So for me, I think one of the reasons that I would be fine passing over to is just because I don't, 
I don't think he's a generational talent. I don't think he's a quarterback who like, I don't think his odds of becoming better than what Matthew Stafford are, are that good. I think Stafford was a better prospect than Tua as a prospect coming out. Um, I think Tua, you know, he does a lot of nice things, but outside of the injuries, given all that as well, but you look at his size, he's not, I know people talk about him being like a scrambling quarterback. I don't think he's that great of a running quarterback. Uh, he, he can move, but it's not like that's one of his better strengths. I don't think he's in like the Russell Wilson category of being able to run uh, it, in terms of arm strength. It's a very average arm. Now where he is really good as anticipation and throwing the ball where his receivers can get it. But again, you have to take into account, you look at the receivers he's been working with, and the tight end, you know, Irv Smith that he had a year ago and the running backs that he's had in the offensive line. I mean, he's working with an NFL unit going against college teams. And I feel like a lot of his anticipation sometimes on throws is just throwing the guys open. But that's because these guys can, the receivers he have, they're also fast and such good route runners that they, they can go get the ball where you're going to have to fit the ball into tight windows in the NFL and to a can but I think he's just so hyped up on, you know, those, those uh, throws that he makes. And I, a lot of time I look at him like, well, the receiver just outran that guy. Like <laughs> all you have to do is put the ball in there. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that Tua is going to be a bad quarterback. I think he'll be a fine quarterback, but I don't think he's going to be a player. If you were to put him on the same roster as Stafford's had in his career, I, I still don't buy that Tua would be able to take the Lions further than what Stafford's done. So if you're looking long-term, I think Stafford still has, you know, I know his contract's up in three years, but looking at his age and he still has plenty of arm strength, uh, you know, I think he still has a long time in this league. And with Tua, you know, it's it's a wild card. So it's just, I I don't, I would be totally fine taking to it. I'm not, I wouldn't be worried about him being like the next, next Patrick Mahomes. We're going to really be kicking ourselves or passing him over. I mean, maybe if he goes to, you know, say the, you know, the Patriots were to make some huge move and trade up and get Tua, yeah, he might have more success than Stafford, but I still don't think he'd he'd be a better quarterback than what Stafford would be for at least the next five years. Yeah, well, let's let's end it on this because uh, you know, on all my shows, you know, I I like Matt Stafford as a player. I, I think best case scenario that all the Stafford supporters and everybody that's wanting to hang in there with him here is saying, all right, like if they can nail this draft and if these free agents, you know, the Patriots and and the younger, hungrier players they brought in can show up in 2020 and 2021, you know, we're, we're hoping that we can compete not only for the division, but, you know, do a little damage in the playoffs and see where he takes us. But that, that has not come through in over a decade. So, you know, spin, spin it for the people or kind of tell them, you know, if you're rolling with him and and you're also either making a little trade down or picking at three, I would assume yours and mine and everybody out there listening, your kind of believe in Lions statement is that this is the year you're trying to finalize the build around Matt Stafford, hope that he's healthy, hope that he can play at an optimal level for the next two, three, four years, whatever it may be, and that we can compete for the NFC North playoff wins, home playoff games. I mean, the only counter to that is it just hasn't happened and it hasn't been like a few years. It's been a long time. So are you confident that they can sit there, do that, keep him as the signal caller, keep him as the the quiet leader, keep him as the guy that is the face of the franchise and be good for the next 
five years. Let's make it a five-year plan. Do you think, you know, tell the people, yeah, you think that, or if you do, and also, you know, why that, why that works in the grand scheme of things. So in the next five years, yeah, it's like, I know Stafford, he's been on, been on the team now for over a decade and you just look at what he's had to work with and the lions are, you know, one of the, unfortunately one of the worst and historically one of the worst franchises in the, in the league for a reason. And you just look at what the lions have done around staff for the last 10 years with having next to no run game, never, not once ever being in the top half of the league in Stafford's career, since he's entered the league, the lions have the worst run game in the NFL and you look at all these Super Bowl champions and you know teams that are able to make a run, it's usually because they have a really strong run game and a, run, a strong defense. And the Lions have had a really good defense one year in Stafford's career. They won 11 games that, that year, but they still didn't have a – they had an okay um, running game. But outside of that, you just have never really seen a complete team. And I more often than not, with these younger quarterbacks that find a ton of success – duty because they're kind of one of the last puzzle pieces that the team needs to take it to the next level so I think no matter who the Lions quarterback is even if it's not Stafford they have to find a run game they have to make a complete team in order to make actually make a deep run and you can't just rely on the quarterback carrying the team we saw it last year after Stafford went down you know they didn't win another game and I think that's a pretty big sign that Stafford is the player that can lead your team to a Super Bowl there's been players who have been worse off that have won Super Bowls you just have to have a team around and the Lions for whatever reason haven't been able to do that and so I know that's not a super positive take I don't know if this year will be much different than last year if you know Stafford stays healthy the entire year this year I think the Lions almost automatically should have seven wins Um, and if they can actually find a run game and Matt Patricia can find that late 2018 type of defense that he started putting together and the pieces that they brought in are upgrades over the bigger names that they lost. I think the lions can go a long way. So it's just in in terms of the division, look at what the division has done. The NFC North. I don't think there's been any spectacular, huge difference from any of the teams. So it's just, I don't know. I Stafford, the quarterback position in the Lions is one of the least of my concerns. Yeah. All right, man. Well, good stuff. We, uh, we, we tackled a lot here in the beginning of the show. We talked over all these scenarios. I, I pushed you a little bit on a few of them. You know, we dived into the uh, trade type options. I think that's going to be uh, so intriguing come uh, the draft when it opens on Thursday, as well as, you know, throughout, you know, will the Lions move around the board? Will they stick and pick? You know, will they take some of these big names that we've talked about in the first, second, even third rounds, or will they dive for some of those unnamed players that uh, they think they can turn into gems and, and us here uh, on the outside are thinking, well, why didn't you, why did you overthink it? Why didn't you just take this stud at a position of need who was sitting right there in front of your face? Um, it's going to be super intriguing. The draft's going to be incredible. Logan, we'll take a quick break and when we come back, I'm going to put you to the test on a few things. And I've got two or three big questions I kind of want to end the show with. So you'll, you'll help us talk us through that as well. Everybody listening here on Believe in Lions, we'll be right back. What's going on, everybody? We're back from the break. Ray here on Believe in Lions. That's spelled B-L-E-A-V. You can find me on Twitter at Derek Okri. That's spelled D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. 
Logan Lamarandier on Twitter. I mean, easy to find. Hard name to uh, deal with, that last name, but he's got 20,000 Twitter followers. He's putting out all types of things that are interesting to read, interacting with the fans. Logan, one of my favorite things you did a while back was you put out all these little poll scenarios, almost like we just did in the beginning of the show where you kind of came up with a scenario, threw it out to the fans, gave them a couple options, and they walked through it. That was really good stuff, man. Yeah, no, I think it's really good to have too, just because I feel like sometimes people have selective memory about certain things. Yeah, <laughs> It's always nice to have uh, a spot to go back and look and be like, no, this is, this is how fans were feeling, you know, when this happened. And um, sometimes perceptions change as well after a draft where, you know, a fan, the fan base will say, this is how it was. And it's like, nah, <laughs> 60 percent of people thought that was a good idea at the time. Uh, yeah good stuff hey you know what i need to get you into i need to get your live picks this year when the lines are on the clock you know these players you know who's out there i i need your live picks either uh you're gonna have to send them in to me i want to track these because i've got my picks all the way back to uh gosh we kind of started it in 06 and and then really got crazy with it you know about uh in in the 20 2010 so i've got about 10 years of my you know, every pick the Lions have made, who I take. And it's it's a hard challenge, man. You look back and you're like, wow, that those were great picks at the time. And none of those players made a dent in the NFL. Or, wow, look at that gem I found in the fourth round. That's crazy. So we'll have to, we'll have to work that out because I'd love to see who you'd take live so that you can't go back either and say, I told you so. We, we want to know who, who you take as the GM. <laughs> what? I actually have articles every year that, uh, you know, at the time, you know, I know who the Lions select and based on the board, you know, I make my selection and, uh, you know, looking back at it, I've had a few really good drafts and a couple of them that, you know, not so great. Cause right. I was, I was a Ruben Foster guy. I think, uh, yeah. Obi Melifanwu, yeah. both those guys didn't pan out, but at the same time we ended up with Jared Davis and T's Tabor. So I was like, it might be a wash, but it is always fun to go back and look at how you would have done if you were the one making the picks. Exactly. And my buddies too, we send them in and there's some pressure when, when they go on the clock, you know, you got a couple minutes to sort of figure it out. You, you really get that GM feel of, you can't sit on it for a day. You know, you can't, uh, you know, come back after you've seen all the other selections, you got to do it live. And, and that really makes it fun. So um, we're, we'll go ahead and dive into our players. I just want to remind everybody to uh, please hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform. We're on uh, iTunes, tune in, you can get us on Stitcher, if you're an Android, you can find us on Google Play, Google Music, you know, all types of podcast platforms. That really helps. Even a five-star review on iTunes would be awesome. And uh, Logan, let's jump into this, man. The uh, Oh My. Yeah, he's one of my guys. Or Goodbye. This guy is, doesn't a fit for me, isn't a fit for the Lions. I'll throw some names at you. Just sort of give me one of those three categories. And then if you if it's a player you want to give the the listeners out there a little nugget on or you want to talk about we'll do that but we got 25 of these to get through so we're gonna have to be quick with them you ready for this oh yeah so (laughs) (laughs) all right put put you to the test man Uh, first name i have here is makai becton the big offensive tackle out of louisville so i think he's an oh my just because you look at what his skill set is and how big he is and how athlete you just don't see guys like that right uh i don't know if he's a lions guy but I think he's an oh my, and it's fair to say just you don't see players uh, come into the league like that. 360 plus pounds. Oh my, no doubt. Christian Fulton, the cornerback out of LSU. Uh, I would say he's a my guy. I think he he's 
not necessarily elite at one thing, but I think he's a really good man corner. So it fits the Lions scheme and uh, he's a pretty solid athlete. There's no glaring flaws. So it's, I would say I consider him a, my guy. To me, Fulton's the corner that everybody's somewhat forgot about. He's, he's not talked about people True. think, you know, first, first round, other people wouldn't take him even until the mid second. He really has a high variable range. So I'm with you there. Uh, Jedrick Wills, the tackle out of Alabama. Uh, he's also a my guy. I like his versatility. I like his athleticism for how big he is. He does have some shorter arms for the like a traditional left tackle. And there was a reason he was pegged before the combine as a potential guard or right tackle. But I think he's athletic enough to play left tackle. His arm length might give some teams some pause. But I just think he's a player that if he's not going to be a great left tackle. Uh, you could move him over to either right tackle or a guard, and he's still going to be a mauler in the run game. Quick hot take for me on Jedrick Wills. If the Lions moved down and didn't take one of the obvious picks everybody's thinking about, wouldn't mind them taking Jedrick Wills, playing him on the right side, maybe kicking Hal Vitae inside, covering up that right guard that's super empty. And then, like you said, maybe being moving Wills to the left side if you move on from Taylor Decker. If you keep Taylor Decker, keep Wills out there on the right. I think he's a really good football player. And the Lions could use a premier tackle on either side. And it's not being talked about a ton. Next name I have, CJ That's Wilson. my sleeper pick. That's my sleeper pick. I got to get okay. this in. You, it's a hot take, but I agree with you because if for some other, some for whatever reason, if the Lions were to trade back and you know say Okuda was gone or a team maybe knew that the Lions wanted Okuda and traded up, I would be totally fine drafting Wills just as a long-term solution that tackle and maybe this year you mentioned it, an immediate either guard or tackle, and all of a sudden your offensive line looks pretty set and offensive tackles they're a premium position you have to take them high to get the good ones so I know offensive tackle would be a big surprise to a lot of people but it's I think it is a very good possibility that uh if Akuda isn't there that they would take Wills or Wurfs more awesome more so Wolf. good yeah. stuff we we did not talk about that before the show everybody uh, but we are on the same page there no doubt let's keep this thing moving get through these uh you know how the lions love corners from florida cj henderson the corner out of florida where does he fall for you uh i wouldn't even necessarily say he's my guy i think he'll be a good player so um he's probably a bye-bye i think for the lion scheme he's i think he'd be a decent man corner but his tackling ability ability is just atrocious and the lions really like that aspect. And um, so, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to say bye-bye uh, <laughs> relative to where he's being selected. <laughs> All right. Let, let's stick to goodbye. I don't know if you're doing an in sync video from 10, 12 years ago with that to answer you of the bye-bye. <laughs> bye. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you there on Henderson, even though he's getting a lot of pub, but uh, let's see here. We've got, Jonathan Taylor running back Wisconsin. Oh my, my guy, goodbye, or maybe a combo meal. I'm going with the combo meal because he's a my guy. I think, uh, you, again, he's another size speed type of player who you just don't see 226 pounds, I think, in a 439. He does have some concerns holding on to the ball, whether it be pass catching or fumbling, but, uh, you know, where he's being pegged as a like an early second round pick that's definitely I think he's an oh my athletically and he's one of my guys nice I'm gonna challenge you at the same position Dobbins out of Ohio State 
And again, they can be a good buy go. if they're just like, yeah, they're good players, but they they're not somebody you want or you're considering. That that could be a good buy as well. I liked Dobbins a little earlier in the pre-draft process, but I've I've kind of I'm not soured on him, but I just I like Taylor better, so I'll give him a good buy. Um, just because I'd prefer Taylor over him. All right. We got Cesar Ruiz, the center, basically played center, even though everyone's just acting like he's been a guard center out of Michigan that can also play some interior positions, we believe, as well. Uh, he's a my guy. I He's on my list of wants in the second round for the Lions, if available. I think he's the top interior prospect. So if you want to put him into that, oh, my range, because he is an athletic big man, uh, I'm fine with that, too. Willie Gay Jr., the linebacker that's been getting some late pub. He's a good buy. I do like his athleticism, <laughs> but he has some off-the-field concerns. Um, you know, he was suspended for a good portion of the year last year due to uh, basically it sounded like cheating, <laughs> some cheating scandal uh, academically, and he also broke an orbital bone in his quarterback's face uh, <laughs> right before a bowl game. So I don't know. If the Lions, I don't think they'll like that type of character. They usually look for high-character guys, and I do think he's a talented player, but not for the Lions. All right. Uh, Cam Akers, running back, Florida State. Hmm. I think he is probably where he's going to get drafted. I'd give him a good buy. Um, He hasn't played behind a good offensive line, and he's still produced but he does have a penchant for trying to turn things in, you know, try to take it outside a lot. He does have some good agility, but um, I like, I'm a Zach Moss guy. So I like Zach Moss over acres. That might be a little bit of a hot take right now. That's why I'm going to give acres the goodbye. Breaking news right now while we're recording. And you say that I'm looking at my phone and there's a report coming out. The Lions have had uh, multiple meetings with Zach Moss. And, and like you say, I'm right with you there on that player as well. Uh, let's, let's keep this. We still got quite a few to get through here. DPJ, uh, people's Jones out of Michigan. Oh, that's a good buy. Uh, he never, I know he struggled with the quarterback play at Michigan. Um, but I, I was just never overly impressed. And I know that vertical, he's an explosive player, but looking at his contested catches, you know, for a bigger guy, he doesn't seem to come down with, uh, you know, the big catches. He makes a good play here and there, but relative to the rest of the, you know, other receivers, he just doesn't do it for me. And I know there's second round hype for him, uh, even third round hype. I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel comfortable taking him in, within the first three rounds. All right. We differ on that one a little bit late in the game. DPJ is becoming kind of an oh my and a my guy for me uh, based on athleticism and what he could do at the NFL level, not what he's done in the past. Uh, Wilson, the, uh, I believe it's Isaiah Wilson, the big old tackle guard out of Georgia. Uh, yeah, I think I'm kind of lukewarm on him. So I, I've seen him just all over the map in terms of where he's being selected. So, you know, if he's still around in the third round, I'd be, that'd be, I'd be totally fine with that. So I don't know where to label that. (laughs) Yeah. He's a, he's a late riser. I mean, you know, like you say, it's a hard one to put him in one of the categories too. You got to pick one though. Uh, I'll go, I'll go. So goodbye. He doesn't really do it for me. All right. 
he could be an oh my just based on not only size but he's five star in college one of the top recruits so there may be something there but uh you know it all depends on draft uh stock like you say where he'd be valued uh this is another guy that's all over the map kind of late rising late jonah jackson interior player out of ohio state so he's a my guy i i like him he wasn't as athletic as i thought he might be but uh he's a very polished player and just great in pass blocking could improve in run blocking but it's a passing league and anytime you get guards that you know you know are not going to allow sacks that's the guy i want this guy i'm going to answer before even you do to help you out a little bit this guy's an oh my on multiple levels based on size hair name value to say anything to even start leaky foto out of utah (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's a big man uh, he's a, my guy just for in terms of a scheme fit for the Lions because the Lions need those big players. Um, I don't think he's an oh my because he still has a lot of work to do. I think he could be a little bit more dominant at times. You, you, when I was watching, I was like, I thought this guy would be a little better. But, you know, in, as a mid-round pick, I think he's a perfect scheme fit for the Lions and can provide a lot for him. So yeah, I'm but- going with a my guy. Yeah, but I said Omaya based on hair and name name quality. I mean, you can't you can't doubt that, right? He's got the he got the crazy hair, and he's a monster of a man. He's got a great name. I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, real quick, uh, again, we we, we don't want to go too long on these, but um, Fotu still okay with you in the later rounds, even with Shelton there now. Yeah, um, put them both in there. Uh, rotate them. They're both more nose tackles, yeah. But and I know the Lions typically have you know, had one predominant nose tackle, like their main nose tackle. And they got guys like John Atkins who are, you know, okay backups, but I'd prefer having foe to giving him a chance over what we've seen from Atkins. All right. Good stuff. Uh, you mentioned Zach Moss. We talked about, I'll skip him. Bradley and I. Hmm. So I'm not as high on him as some, I'd be fine taking him in the fourth round. I think he has limitations. So I'll call him a my guy just because I think he really fits what the Lions want to do in terms of the Jack linebacker. I don't know if he provides much value if the Lions truly wanted to kind of eliminate that single role Jack linebacker like Kennard was, and they want to have a little bit more versatility with playing either, you know, Collins or Tavai and even uh, Christian Jones on the edge. But uh, I'll, I'll put him in the my guy category. All right. For everybody out there, Anai is the edge rusher out of Utah. Um, Damon Arnett, cornerback, Ohio State. Uh, so he was a my guy until he ran like a four six something. <laughs> like <laughs> I thought he was pretty good. I'm still going to have him my guy because I think he's a mid round player. And even though he might not be have like the deep speed, I still think he uh, is a good press man corner some decently quick feet so my guy 67 or 85 do you think you you'd be okay with arnett at either of those selections well if we take a cuda it'd be more 85 than oh the, you, the you wouldn't double one, dip i'm yeah. saying if you pass and then wait out corners and got him at that spot you know i don't know he'll make it to 85 but would you take him at 67 and the third and feel okay with him yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't hate the pick i'd yeah. And I, again, it all depends on who's there, but I yeah. still think that's decent value for him. I, I like him a lot as a player, you know, that speed uh, that he ran is somewhat of an issue, but he, he seemed to always make plays. So, you know, sometimes those measurables are just simply that, uh, Jason Strobridge out of North Carolina. Um, he's just, 
I, I've watched him and I know the Lions have shown interest in him, but so maybe he will be a scheme fit, but he's a good buy for me. I, I don't, I didn't see a ton that I really thought like just jumped out on film for me. Logan, next name on my list, I've got Ben Bredesen. He's the interior offensive lineman with Michigan. Michigan, he's a my guy. Short arms, but very versatile. Uh, and I think he could really help the Lions in the mid-rounds. What do you think about Diggs, the corner from Alabama? He's a good buy for me. I know uh, PFF, if you look at all the analytics, he's barely highly thought of. And it's probably an okay scheme fit with the Lions, depending on if he's a press man corner, but I think uh, with his athleticism and traits, I think he'd probably be a better fit in the zone scheme. Cam Dantzler, the cornerback out of Mississippi State. This is a smaller type guy, but a guy the Lions have been connected with a little bit. So he's also a good buy for me. Uh, doesn't really have the length of an outside corner. I know the Lions have had a couple interviews with him now and have been reported to like him, but uh, just in the third round, if the Lions are already getting a CUDA, he's a good buy for me. Kyle Duggar, the safety out of, wait for it, Lenore Ryan. And you get bonus points if you can tell me even where Lenore Ryan is, because I don't know. Lenore Ryan, I believe, is in North Carolina. <laughs> uh, but don't quote me on that. <laughs> now that I'm everyone to hear. Yeah, but uh, Duggar, he was a my guy, and I kind of moved him out of that range into goodbye just because I think he's being overvalued a little bit too much I I think he's a enticing prospect with just his uh, athleticism but I think he's still lacking some instincts is going to have a learning curve at the NFL out of him how about KJ Hamler the small speedy receiver out of Penn State and I just feel like I'm giving goodbyes to everybody but <laughs> <laughs> Hamler again where he's being selected I know why because he is an electric type of player dynamic guy with a ball in his hands but that's the issue is getting the ball in his hands he has drop issues and I, I feel like he just looks a little awkward when he's trying to catch the ball sometimes and that's that doesn't always that drop issue usually translates to the NFL that's a tough issue to fix Tyler Johnson he's in he's in my guy he's definitely not an oh my when it comes to athleticism what do you think about Tyler Johnson wide receiver Minnesota well finally I get him my guy he's he's one of my guys uh, I don't know what the NFL necessarily feels about him because he wasn't invited to the senior bowl, which I thought was kind of odd, but I think he does everything that a receiver does needs to do well and plays, you know, runs his routes. Well, the very nuanced type of receiver that knows how to win the little ways. And he's not going to blow by athletically, but uh, I think he's still a very valuable player in the NFL. A couple more here. How about AJ Dillon, the big fast running back Boston college. Ah, uh, he is a good buy for me, depending on where you take him. I think he is, despite being very fast for how big he is, he's almost 250 pounds. But uh, I think he's strictly just a power type running back. So he's he's limited. But if you're looking for that type of player, he's probably one of the better ones. Real quick, before I do our last one, you do get bonus points. I just took a peek. Lenore Ryan in Hickory, North Carolina, for all those wondering about that uh, huge mega power university there. Uh, <laughs> well, the only reason I knew that, because I, I think Duggar was looking at going to um, North Carolina to play football. I don't think he got an offer or something like that. That's why I wanted to say it was, he, he kept it close home for him.
Nice. You think we know that by the this deep in the process, but I always just heard the name. I had no clue where it was. But um, speaking of small schools, we'll have our last name here. Davis Gaither, the linebacker, small, speedy guy out of Appy State. So I will say he's a my guy, but he's not going to be in the Lions roster. He's just too small, but he does. He lines up everywhere on the edge, off ball, even like rushing from the inside in the slot. Like no matter where he played, he uh, just played well. He's poor man's Isaiah Simmons in my mind. But again, he doesn't hit the um, prototypical profile with the Lions want in their linebacker with in regards to size. Yeah, I don't think he fits at all, but he, he's intriguing to me. I mean, oh my, PFF had him as Jalen Smith, the uh, linebacker out of uh, with the Cowboys. I mean, he's got some crazy athletic traits, uh, speed, but he's, he is tiny, and uh, not sure he'd be a fit there. But good stuff, man. It was fun to walk through those. You really uh, gave people some great info, worked our way through them, put them in some buckets for the all the listeners out there. So I thought that was good. Logan, you've been generous with your time. Just a couple more questions here, kind of some open-ended to end the show I, I want to know the Lions have around 25 30 million dollars in cap space I mean do, do you think Bob Quinn has a plan for this I mean I assume he's going to use a, a good portion of that money some way but uh, he continues to just sort of let it sit there what do you think um I, th- I don't know if he necessarily has a plan I'm sure he has something in mind uh, that he'd like to use it but it's not often you have money sitting after the draft. So if maybe you aren't able to fill a need in the draft and you know, there's still quite a few free agents out there on the open market that the Lions can use, but I, I don't foresee them having $30 million going into the season uh, because just given the scenario that Bob Quinn's in, you have to assume that he's going to be going all out this year and spending up that money. Yeah. I really hope there's a big trade in the works. I mean, I think that, if you wait through free agency, get some of the guys you want to fill holes with, build depth, whatever it is. I'm still sort of unsure if free agency is going to be great or if it's going to be a big miss by him. And I think if you go through the draft and then you really try to play the board, play value, at the end of that, you really got to look at your football team and say, all right, we got enough game changers here. We got enough ball players because if not, you need to take about $20 million of that money and go take a big swing for once. Bob Quinn, I try to support you in all these different type of ways, but we're going on year five, six, whatever it is. You've never taken a huge swing. Uh, it's it's about that time. Not only with the money you have, he's been prudent with our money, with our, our keeping our draft picks. Let's go ahead and make a move to try to not only get over the hump, but add something once we know what we've added in the draft and free agency. So it's got to happen. Logan, uh, 2020 football I mean what does it look like our world's been turned upside down since middle of March it went from no big deal to no one can even leave their homes economy world's crazy what do you think football likes both NFL college whatever it may be sports in general heading moving forward well I think the NFL you know you see what they've done with the NFL draft where they've made accommodations and been a little bit more flexible with how they handle their business given the times and I maybe the NFL season would get pushed back a little bit more but I do think it'll happen maybe there's not going to be any fans to start I mean a lot of the revenue comes from TV deals anyways so they might be taking a hit if there's no fans but they're still making money but I I think there will be a season uh it just might not be your traditional uh start you know maybe the training camps or push back a little bit or something but I do think the season will in some way happen 
Yeah, I'm there with you. I, I think it's going to be really odd, crazy, whatever word you want to use to see a, an NFL game with lots of big stakes, lots of, you know, implications and crickets. You know, nobody there, none of the uh, normal intensity you see from the crowds. But I do think that will happen for the beginning. And then hopefully, I'm hoping our world gets back to normal, you know, in the next four to six months. You know, I think that's more somewhat realistic. I don't think it'll happen overnight, but I don't think this thing is going to last year and a half plus or, you know, all these crazy things you see where people think just we're never going to get back to normal in a timely manner. So I sure hope it happens. Logan, I got one last big one for you. Ready for this? Oh, yeah. This this is how you're going to end the show. You're going to get everybody fired up with this. And we're also going to get your your incredible analysis and thoughts. So, you know, the Lions have needs to fill. We know this. We kind of know what the needs are. Like, we're heading into the draft. When people are hearing this, it'll be about a less than a week, a few days, actually, till the NFL draft is about ready to happen. You know, you know the needs. What type of needs, targets, whatever it may be, do you hope the Lions and expect them to fill in the 2020 draft? And I want you to actually walk the people through, in general terms, you know, what you would do or what you're hoping will happen when the dust settles Saturday after the draft is over, where the Lions sit, maybe some some openings that are still there that you think you can then go back out in free agency or trade and get. I mean, it's a big picture question, but I kind of want you to just put it all together for everybody where you sit right now and what you're hoping that they can expect and believe BLEAV in the Lions moving forward here. Yeah, so it is a big picture question, but I think the first round, I think there needs to be a trade back, and ideally the Lions would still get a CUDA. And then, honestly, the Lions, that right guard spot is a big hole. I think an edge rusher is probably still considered a big hole. But I, almost with the talent on this team right now, I feel like you could literally go best player available um, almost the rest of the way of the draft if you're able to get – uh, a, a few more picks out of a trade down. So I, I'm, I'm I, thinking. I just want to jump in ahead. real quick about the right guard, because when you say that, and like that's on everybody's list, you don't think between Josh Garnett, Wiggins, Abushi, Ben, Bo Benchwell, uh, Joe Dahl. I mean, I've named off five players that all play those interior. When you tell me you got to get that guard, and it was the second thing you mentioned, that means you don't think any of those guys can play. Is that the case? Correct. I, I think. So why are Joe they on Dahl the team? Nice. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> they're why trying we... <laughs> to. They're trying to find anyone they can, man. Oh, <laughs> they're just gosh. bringing them all in. I, I've written off the interior guard because I feel like why are you signing these guys if you're just going to go replace them? Uh, just just figure it out. I mean, I think you can you can probably get by rather than spending a high asset. So anyway, you hit a trigger with me because everyone pikes the guard spot is this big deal. Yeah, we have 6 7 of them on the roster. I mean, if they can't play, and there's a reason they're them. all available though. <laughs> well, then yeah, but don't re-sign them. Let them go walk and then yeah, take a take a guard in the second round and plug and play, you know. Anyway, I don't want to get on a big tangent, but that just frustrates me. So what are their big plans? I mean, you're going to knock out some big needs um, in those first couple of rounds. BPA, what else you got for the people to close it up? Yeah, so, I mean, realistically, the draft is never it never typically goes the way you think it's going to go. I know there's so many fan Macs out there that have the, the usual suspects for every round. It's like, oh, yep, yep, yep. But I don't think Bob Quinn really looks at those mock drafts. He has his own guys, so 
as long as he's uh, filling the needs um, by, I, you, you think, I think he's reached quite a bit in the past. He'll probably do the same this year for needs, but um, the, we talked about earlier, the Lions still have some money to, to make some things happen after the draft too. And they just need to make sure going into the season that they're actually, you know, a complete football team. So they got a lot of work to do. I, I could, I could go all day about the big picture stuff, but <laughs> I think in general, that's what it needs to be. There needs to be a trade down in the first round, best player available. Um, you know, as long as it aligns somewhat with a need and then filling whatever holes you still have left afterwards with that money, you still have available in the free agent pool. Let me help you out here, Logan, and the show. That was all good content, but this is how you get the people to believe B-L-E-A-V in Lions. I mean, I'm with you. The Lions are going to come out swinging on day one. They're going to make a trade down, acquire a top three-round asset. They're then going to take, like you say, a a high-end player position of need in that first round. You know, the rest of the draft, we're going to uh, we're going to get impact players. We're going to get take care of that run game, either with a late round pick or maybe even in the second round. I also see them adding an impact receiver who this year will come in, be under Danny Amendola to some degree, but may actually just play better than him and, and show out. I think you're going to see some some impactful defensive players added that will. And, start from day one. I mean, I'm thinking we're going to walk away anywhere from four to five kind of starters slash impact players. I could see multiple trade downs and then the Detroit lions, when all the dust is settled and and things, uh, you know, draft is over are going to make a big time trade. I mean, Bob Quinn, I'm tired of him sitting around. I'm tired of these reaches. I think it's time to then go add, a very big, you know, piece via trade, via a nice free agent signing, whatever it is, to really get the fans excited and to say, hey, look at our overall team. We've got young, hungry dogs. We've got people that can play. We've got Patriot guys. We've got less complainers, less friction. You know, yeah, we're not going to have an off season, but there's no reason that this team can't be the young, hungry team in this division. There's no reason that if Matt Stafford is rolling, this offense can't be a top 10 type offense. And the defense just needs to get more pressure on the quarterback as well as cover people better, which I think Deron Harmon, Tracy Walker, Trufant are going to be a nice, pleasant surprise when it comes to all that. And I think you'll see growth, too, from some of these players that people write off from day one into uh, exciting players moving forward. So I don't know if that got you fired up, but I'm thinking the people want to believe in that as we close out the show. <laughs> yeah, I'd like that to happen. I'm just not expecting it. <laughs> oh, come on. Don't don't be that guy right here on Believe in Lions. But like I say, the uh, no one's counting the Lions in. Everybody thinks that we missed in free agency. Everybody thinks that this isn't going to be a dynamic draft. I think we could be here on Sunday recapping the draft on some of my podcasts saying, wow, this is the draft we've been waiting for. This plus what they did in other areas really makes sense. And, and be really excited about that. So, Logan, like I say, you've been a great guest. It's always amazing to have you on the show. Great time talking. You bring a lot of great content for the people. Um, give them a couple quick things. I mean, they got to check out your articles on Sports Illustrated. They got to go to Lion Lowdown and uh, definitely hit you up on Twitter as well and any of the other projects you're working on. I mean, you're going to be pumping out content, and uh, this is our time of year, my man. Yeah, so on Twitter, it's at Al Lamarandier. That's where uh, I'm most active. I also have a Facebook 
page if you want to find me there at you know, lionlowdown.com. Uh, and then also Instagram as well, where I'll usually post, you know, just uh, stats and some news. But overall on Twitter and on Sports Illustrated, I'm writing plenty there right now, just uh, breaking down every positional group for the draft. I'll be having a complete seven round mock drafts, not only for the Lions, but the rest of the NFL. Um, and then, you know, kind of given my, I have an article I do every year, just my draft wants, or, you know, like the segment we did earlier of my guys, I kind of put all the guys I have that I would like the Lions to go after. And, uh, you know, pretty much once the draft happens, there'll be plenty of breakdowns and, you know, looking really diving into every single pick. So, uh, if you like the NFL draft and you like the Lions, hit me up on Twitter and, you know, we can talk. Great stuff, man. Definitely support what Logan's doing. We thank all of you for listening right here on Believe, B-L-E-A-V, in Lions, right here on the Believe Podcasting Network. When we have Logan back, we'll have to see if he nailed it, if he was way off, and we'll have to see where the Lions sit. But we'll be talking all things Lions on this show, as well as my other podcast, the Detroit Kool-Aid Cast. I thank everybody for the support, for listening. Cannot wait to see what they do in the draft. Big year for the Lions. Uh, Take care, everybody. We're out. I believe, I believe, I believe. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.